Hello and welcome to another episode of We Live on a Planet. I am your host, Patrick. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday, May 6, 2020. This is episode 390. 390 episodes. Currently, it's 36 degrees on the lake shores of Lake Ontario in the fine city of Oswego. It is chilly. Feels like 36 degrees Fahrenheit. Highs are going to be about 51, but no rain or anything, so that's good. Winds are out of the north, 3 miles per hour. So here is the day I've been looking forward to, and fortuitously enough, falls on the same day that my commercial will be released nationally on TV. Today is the day I interviewed David and Casper from Carpe, and it was a blast talking with these guys, the founders of Carpe, and they flew me down uh, beginning of March down to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I shot my commercial slash testimonial with them. And it's being released today. If you want to see it before it is released on TV, you can head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. And uh, right there, you'll be able to see the commercial. I'm so excited. So excited. It was awesome. Before we dive into that, let me just still start off with a quote. We're not going to do all of our history or our fact site or anything like that today. But I still like to share a quote with you. You don't have to explain your dreams. They belong to you. And uh, David and Casper did explain a little bit of their dreams with me. And they've got big plans for their company. And keep an eye out for Carpe. You'll be hearing more from them, that's for sure. All right, my friends, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with David and Casper from Carpe. Oh, keep in mind, right now, I am not using my Rodecaster Pro I am just barefoot with no microphone, just using recording directly into my phone. That is the same way my recording with Casper and David was. I was using the record with friends feature on Anchor. So there might be a little bit of audio issues once in a while, a little echoey. Hopefully none of us like me overstepping them because that does kind of happen sometimes with the audio when we're using the record with friends option with anchor but my next all my upcoming interviews i already have three of them in the can ready to come out and they are done with the roadcaster pro so there's not going to be any issues with that in the future and i don't think there was any issues with this recording either i just kind of wanted to let you know you get the whole idea and the gist from the guys and it was it was a blast so enjoy is it working now all righty. I can hear you. Hey, Patrick. Sorry about the issues there. Uh, I wasn't getting notifications about uh, the recording. I, I think I found how to get in. So yeah, uh, pleasure to be on the show. I'm glad that you guys are here. I've really been excited for this. Ever since I met you two, I instantly wanted to have you on my show. <laughs> well, well, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate it. I really did. So it's weird because I'm not a professional interviewer. I'm just a guy living out in upstate New York. So we're going to play a little metal gymnastics. Are you guys up to it? Sounds good. Groovy, groovy. So I I walk into a comic book store and I find a comic and it's of Casper and David. It's your origin story. So how did you guys become the dynamic duo? (laughs) Yeah, well, first we had really sweaty hands. We're sweaty people, so we sweat all over. And we were living together the summer after our freshman year of college. I was at UNC Chapel Hill. Casper was at Duke. 
And we were living in New Orleans, working different internships. And I had kind of come up with this idea for a product that stopped my own sweaty hands when I was a senior in high school because it was just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. And I didn't understand why there wasn't anything out there that helped with this big problem that I knew I wasn't the only one who had. So I pitched the idea to Casper and um, we just started going back and forth and riffing and, um, you know, he would poke holes and everything and we'd talk about it and discuss and, and we That's started to, I mean, like yeah. my, my first reaction wasn't, uh, this is amazing. My first reaction was, hey, I really thought all of this through. Um, and, you know, when I pushed back, I, the way David was responding to that and he was energized by that and like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So how can we make it better? I think that was the first time I realized, wow, this is, um, this is somebody who could be really special to work with. Um, and within a few weeks, we, we were, you know, working on this more than we were going to our internships. And <laughs> I realized that, you know, the way David and I worked together was something that I'd never felt with anybody before. And I was like, I need to, I need to keep working with this guy because whatever we're doing, I think we're going to make something great. Um, and, you know, in that first year, the first year from the summer of 2014 to the summer of 2015, when we were working on the prototype, um, so many, so many things were going wrong. Um, but through it all, I, I think uh, in particular, this one really tough night where it's like, er, you know, is this, is, are we going to do anything with this? Um, I kind of resolved like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with uh, David and we're going to stick together. And I think that no matter what, if we're working together, something good is going to come of it. Um, and then, you know, summer of 2015, we can get into the details of this, but in the summer of 2015, we found some people to support us to, to help us with our first production run. Um, and we were able to launch it on Amazon and our website. And immediately the response was overwhelming. Like people had been searching for a solution to sweaty hands and nothing out there had been good enough. Um, and suddenly Carpe's on Amazon and people are finding it and they're leaving five-star reviews and they're saying, you know, I've tried all sorts of treatments for my sweaty hands and this is the first thing that's actually helped. And um, I think, I think it kind of took off from there. Um, I think we found something that we were really able to help people with. And once you do that, uh, you know, I think the story kind of paints itself. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be my question of like, how did you know you had the right idea? But it sounds like you guys almost had an because, you know, to create a, a, a that onto something did that, you know? Yeah, that's groovy. That is awesome. So how though, it, how does it, somebody in high school, David, start something how do you even formulate how do you go on to formulate are you guys got a chemistry background so we both uh we both studied different sciences in college i studied health policy management and chemistry casper's on the physics and computer science side um but really I, i wasn't formulating that much i mean i was doing some kitchen experiments with different ingredients that you know i read about that would help with my sweaty hands online um but in high school i was really kind of talking with dermatologists, I'd make fake dermatology appointments to go pitch my idea and see what they thought about it and um, get some inspiration for what I could do to, to make a product. And then, um, you know, also talking with material chemists at Georgia Tech and, and other universities about, you know, how we could do this. Um, when we actually started formulating the product and we, we developed like a list of ingredients that we thought would work really well 
Um, and then in terms of actually formulating and iterating, uh, formulation chemistry is, is something that can be learned by anyone. You just have to be willing to, to spend the time. And so we just went through, um, you know, well over 60 prototypes learning how to first make like a lotion and emulsion and then how to integrate the active ingredient and other moisture absorbing powders um, in that. And we also got, um, you know, advice and consulting from ingredient labs and manufacturers who um, wanted us to buy their ingredients. So we're willing to help consult on the formula and give us ideas and, um, and advice on how to make it better. So we definitely got a lot of support along the way. That is, it's an amazing story. You know, I, when I met you both, I felt like you both are really, it doesn't matter what company it would have been. I think it would have been a success. Like with Casper, I mean it sincerely, Casper, with you saying, you know, when you guys made it to Amazon, a lot of people really will strive for years before they can get it. And for your company to start out and do something like that is really something to say for both of you. You know, I think that says a lot for the both of your drive. Well, I think what you're getting at, uh, and in particular, with regard to the Amazon example, we were on Amazon from the gate because of the people we were working with, Bootstrap Advisors. There are three guys in Durham, three Duke alumni who kind of took us under their wing and uh, helped us with the, the launch. They're the folks that I mentioned funded that first production run. Uh, they really taught us a, a lot of what we know. At that point, we had no idea how to do anything in the business realm, uh, particularly with this kind of company. And they'd done it successfully multiple times. And they said, we'll show you. And one of the things they were really good at was Amazon, which is why we were on Amazon right out the gate. Um, but I definitely agree that it's, it's all about the people. Like you, like I said earlier, it wasn't the idea of Carpe. It wasn't even the need for Carpe that made me so excited about this company at the start, because there's a lot of needs out there that, you know, we all see every day, things that we could help with things that we could solve. It was this opportunity, I think, to work with David that initially was like, this is what's going to, it's, it's going to go well because I think the two of us are working together. And then Bootstrap came in and I knew that it was going to be a success because we were working with them. And then, you know, as we went through, as the company grew and we brought in more advisors, Seth Radwell, former CEO of Proactive, you know, and, and then started hiring some of the most brilliant people we've ever met. That's really what's, what's driven Carpe to success. I mean, it's, it's not, I think that we stumbled into the greatest idea of all time. I think is that we've been lucky to work with some of the greatest people we've ever met that's awesome I, I would you know i met uh, some of your team you know i didn't meet some of the names you're talking but just the the team that i met i can tell that there's a family type feeling to your company too that there's a real care to what you have and not to mention the product really works too and so that's always a good thing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. not to mention that it works you know what were some i mean i know that you, there's probably plenty but do you know of any, like some of the mistakes maybe you made early on when you're starting the company and what did you learn from like those said mistakes that maybe made you guys say, ah, okay, I really learned from that. That's a great question. I, um, I feel like it was, it was such a learning process that I guess I've never thought about it in the context of mistakes. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, what are the mistakes you made in, in elementary school. It's like, no, it's, it's not really mistakes. It's, uh, it's, you know, obviously you didn't have good handwriting uh, as a preschooler. Obviously you didn't know your times tables, um, you know, in kindergarten. And then as you go on, you, you learn all those things. So I look back at our first packaging and it's hideous. Uh, and I say, wow, like I would never launch with packaging like that today. I know 
way better principles of what you need on packaging to really convey what the product is to customers. I look at how our operations and inventory planning was functioning in the early days. And I say, you know, we could, we would never do that again. I think we could plan this a lot better. I think better steps out of marketing, but none of those I would say are serious mistakes. I think uh, particularly the roadblocks we encountered were, um, you, you know, and, and the funny thing is there were some mistakes that I think we could have made uh, that we wouldn't have known that they were mistakes uh, if we made them. So, I mean, in that first year, we were hearing from so many people that there's not going to be demand for this product, that there's not really, you know, A, with the sweaty hands, that there's not uh, a need for something to stop sweaty hands. Uh, but beyond that, that, you know, sweating's kind of a saturated market. Like, there, there's not an opportunity for a company to come in here and just really position itself about excessive sweat. And when everybody around you is saying that, then you're not sure how you're going to, you know, prove that the opportunity is there. Uh, sometimes you're thinking that maybe you're an idiot for not listening to them. Maybe you're an idiot for continuing to work on this. And I think uh, we're very lucky that we did continue to work on it. And we brought it to that launch because until we started selling in summer of 2015, a year after we started working on Carpe, I think we still weren't sure if there were actually a lot of people out there who were looking for a solution like this. And it was when those sales started coming through on Amazon that we realized that was the first time we realized that we'd actually you know, we'd actually provided something that people were really, really looking for. Oh, nice. I like, I like your whole idea and concept of not really making a mistake. And uh, it's almost like Bob Ross. There's no mistakes. They're all happy accidents, you know? And so I, I like that. Yeah. And we, we definitely made a million different mistakes, yes. right? Like a million, million, million. Uh, but to Casper's point, they were all, I mean, we, we were extremely inexperienced and we still are, and we're still learning a lot. Um, but there are all opportunities to, to grow and improve and to learn. Um, one of the big ones that comes to mind for me is just, you know, how we thought about hiring and, yeah, and yeah. management. And that was a big learning process. And, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't know any better, but we were very, you know, bootstrap oriented and so we were trying to conserve cash on, on all fronts. And, and the one front where you don't want to have that mentality is your people. You want to find the best people and, you know, do what it takes to, to get them on the team. Um, that's, that's, you know, also makes sense for the, for the business, right? Um, so uh, we were really just focused on um, finding, you know, people that uh, could, that, that didn't require much money at all. Um, and that didn't help build the business, right? We weren't building a company by doing that. And so we learned that over time the hard way. Um, and uh, that's been, you know, realizing that, understanding that, and focusing on what needs to change has really, really helped a lot. Yeah. I think that, um, I think we would all, I would, I would, tend to believe that a lot of people would make that mistake of going, okay, if I'm fresh and I'm young, I need to uh, conserve my money. And then you realize real quick, you're like, wait a minute, maybe I need to spend a little bit to get something back. What do you think your guys, besides the coronavirus right now, because this is everybody's challenge, but what do you think your guys' biggest challenge to date has been so far for you? Yeah, just getting the word out. There, there are so many people um, who need our products. And I mean, if you just look at uh, the, the market of excessive sweaters, um, the overwhelming majority of people don't know 
that there are solutions or treatments available for their sweaty hands, their sweaty feet, their sweaty faces, um, just because there never have been historically. So when there aren't products historically for a problem, yes. you just grow to deal with it, right? You, right? you just deal with it and you accept, unfortunately, that this is something you're just going to have to live with for the rest of your life. And um, for us, so the, the biggest challenge is getting the word out to those people to let them know that, hey, this isn't a problem you have to live with. This isn't a problem you just have to put up with. This is a problem that we can help solve. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you're right, though. And uh, for me, speaking, using your product, the only products that I used before were very harsh and they didn't work for me. And so I have a thing that's being harsh and it also doesn't work. And when I found your product, Carpe, it worked for me and I felt so free. I was like, I can't believe I finally found a product. And so now I'm one of your biggest spokesperson with telling people, of trying to get the word out. And I can understand because I myself have had a podcast for three years and getting your word out and yeah. your name out is a struggle. So yeah. you guys started a podcast. Let's talk about sweat. What do you <laughs> think about that? Is it, are you having a fun time? Well, first you inspired us. Yeah. Oh, cool. I think you're part of the reason we're, uh, we're making this podcast. Oh, good. So we, we appreciate that, but you know, let's talk about sweat is built on, you know, one of the fundamental premises of what the company is built on, which is people don't talk about sweat. And it's this taboo subject that a lot of other people also don't recognize as a big problem. So if you have sweaty hands, you have sweaty feet, you're an excessive sweater, you have hyperhidrosis, or you just sweat a lot, like a lot of people won't consider that a big issue. And if someone tries to talk about it, they may be, you know, laughed at or made fun of. But it's a really painful problem that impacts quality of life, and not a lot of people understand that. So it's about raising awareness and having a, converse, a candid conversation about sweat, about experiences with sweat, and also about like the science around sweat and the, the studies that have been done focusing on the sweat space that are really cool and exciting. So we, we've, it's been a learning process, but we've been having a lot of fun with it. And we've interviewed some, some really cool scientists. One of them, Andrew Best, who's a PhD candidate uh, studying the evolution of the sweat gland and like over the past, you know, million plus years. And it's been, uh, it's been fun so far. So we appreciate the inspiration. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. And, you know, I've caught your podcast and I think that you guys, I'm not just saying this because I, I really do appreciate you both, but you guys are a natural. I really, I think that you're having fun and you're a natural. And when you're doing something that you're passionate about, it shows. And I can tell that you're passionate about your product and you should be. What do you guys think that your, your biggest vision for Carpe is? Do you have, do you have that big vision? Yeah, we, uh, we really want everybody out there for whom excessive sweating is a problem, you know, no matter how or why or where they sweat. But if, if sweating is something that pains them, uh, we want to be able to provide effective, accessible solutions to them. It's that simple. You know, anywhere in the world, we want carpe. When, when people sweat too much, when it, when it bothers them, when it gets in the way of their living, uh, we want carpe to be there for them. That's the vision, a global company that can do that. Yeah. Groovy. I like that idea. I really do. I do. Here's okay. So this was fun. Like I said, we played some metal gymnastics. I felt like I got to know 
a little bit about you guys and what what you, inspires you. Now, I got to ask a bizarre question. I usually ask my guests like a bizarre question. All right, how would, <laughs> love it. How, how would how would life be different different if alligators could fly? Uh, I'd or, never leave the house. <laughs> Wait, when, when, so like when when would uh when would they have developed the ability to fly in oh okay just answer the question no no no, no. i think it's a wonderful hypothetical i love that you i love how the two of you work so well together because you've got what <laughs> one mind is one way one mind is the other and casper's like wait a minute did this evolve soon or was this something <laughs> this it's always been this way they've always and, and you know what? The, the worst part is the ones that are the size of caimans, the small ones. Yeah. Those are I the think, ones that can fly. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you know, we would have just, as humans, to stay alive, we, we would have had to uh, probably develop pretty good deterrence. So I think our daily lives today wouldn't be that much different if humanity had still been able to get out of, like, the, the tribal age and evolve and the, and the, and the flying alligators didn't eat us all. Um, but I, you know, maybe, maybe we'd all be much better with slings. Maybe that would have been a bigger part of human culture because everybody was defending themselves with slings. So, um, and would, then, would planes have to have like rocket launchers to destroy the flying alligators? So yeah. I'm, I, I don't know how aggressive these alligators would inherently be. Right. Because I feel like if humanity had gotten to the point where we are today, we the ones that are still alive would probably not be very aggressive ones, right? There's a, still a lot of animals out there who could easily hurt us and kill us, but it's not like we have miniguns on all of our cars, right? They just, <laughs> those animals stay in the forest. They, they stay away from us. We know what we're capable of. There's a, there's a lot of things in there that I love. And for, <laughs> one, for one, for one, have you ever slinged because I have and it's a lot of fun? You have? Yes. How do you do it? I've never done it. Okay, so I have a friend that I used to do historical interpretation at Fort Ontario, which is a local fort here. And wow. this friend of mine um, would make homemade slings. And after we were done with the day's work, we would go to the lake, Lake Ontario, which is one of the Great Lakes right here. And we would pick up rocks and just sling them because you've got all the ammunition you need. It's right yeah. there. And it's free, the ammunition. And it's it's a blast. And it's so much fun. It is a big relief of just tension because you can take whatever rock is in there and that's your tension and then you just sling it and you won't believe how far these things fly <laughs> that's awesome it's a blast it is a blast i gotta give it a try now we got we got a pond uh you know on a trail behind the house so i'll go out there and uh because i feel like you can make one yourself pretty easily right it's not yeah. that complicated mechanism no it's not it's very simple my friend used to make them all the time i my wife and i each have a, each have one because he made one for me and one for my wife and you you can put it right around your shoulders like a a belt and um boom you go out and you got yourself a weapon and you can also enjoy just uh release of tension to me is what it was i never thought of it as a weapon i thought of it as more of a release of attention yeah well, wow. Thanks for uh, giving me a new hobby idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you go to YouTube. You'll be able to find out how to sling. And then mini guns on cars. Maybe that will happen someday. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I only see that in dystopian futures, which we're already sort of in one. But uh, of all the dystopian futures we could be in, I feel like this one's uh, this one's tolerable. Yeah. Yeah. This was a blast, guys. Thank you so much for your time. And then, oh, one more question. 
do you guys need a voice guy? <laughs> yeah. We might be reaching out. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we had to cut back on the radio ads because of uh, COVID, but uh, we, uh, we are excited about hopefully working together in a, in a lot of ways moving forward. So we cannot thank you enough for having us. It's been a lot of fun. It was so uh, much fun. It was so thanks. much fun. I'm really honored to be able to work with you guys before. I really mean it sincerely. I, it was a pleasure to be able to do my testimonial for a, a company and a product Carpe that works for me. You guys have relieved a problem for me that has been all my life I've had. And to be able to, to work with you guys and give you my testimonial and I believe in your product and I'm so happy that I found it and I'm happy that I met you guys and I just wish the best of luck for you and your podcast, your podcast. Let's talk about sweat. You're going to have a great time doing it. Hey, same to you. Thank you. Patrick. Thank you, it Patrick. Means, it means so much to us that, you know, you're, yeah. you're sharing your experience with Carpe. Really that's that's cool. what it's all about. Yeah. Oh yeah. I talk about it all the time and I'm telling my, I've already got family and friends that are on board and uh, <laughs> want to order your product you're because amazing. it works. Thank you're you. amazing. Thank you so much, Patrick. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And stay healthy. And uh, I will talk to you guys soon. You talk too. Soon. Have a great weekend. Take care. All right. Groovy. Bye. Well, wasn't that fun? That was a great time talking with those guys. And I just feel like I have joined a family of great people working with Carpe. And, man, my shameless plug at the end asking if I could be their voice guy, putting them on the spot. I would love to be their voice guy. Wouldn't that be a blast? I would love that. Well, thank you so much for your time, like always. And I appreciate it. Do your best to stay curious and not judgmental the best you can today. And uh, stay healthy. I will join you this Friday. And then we will uh, join or we'll jump into our regular stuff that we normally do. And I'll talk to you about my upcoming interviews that we have for next Wednesday and who our guests will be. So tune in Friday so you can find out who that will be. And I appreciate your time so much. Take care, my friends. Peace.